We've got something to tell you. Joey and I are doing two very quick, very special, very hilarious shows before we take our brand new live show on stage at Obsessed Fest. That's right. You can come and see us on Tuesday, October 3rd in Philadelphia and Tuesday, October 10th in New York City. It would mean the world to see you all there so that we can hug your necks, make you laugh, and we can all bond over our trauma. Tickets are available now at ithinknotpod.com. New York and Philly, where are ya? And you know we always stay after to give everyone a hug and a kiss and a picture and a chit-chat. So be there or be square. What? We'll see you soon. Love you. Love you. You know what's awkward? So many things. Yeah, lots me. of things. Yeah. Seeing a casting director in a sauna. Ooh, what happened? Did you oh, get the job? Uh, <laughs> I did. (laughs) (laughs) It's very much what Tenacious D has to say. You know, that viral sound? Yeah. But he looks at me and I look at him. It was that. Who was it? Someone from Tara Rubin's office. Who was it? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I like look down and he goes, hi. I went, hi. I'm in a towel naked under that towel. He's in a towel naked under that towel. And I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Welcome, everyone, to (laughs) I Think Not, the podcast where Joey Taranto and I talk about awkward situations. (laughs) That's what we do here. Of course, I kid, I am Ellen Marsh, and across from me is Joey Taranto. And welcome to I Think Not, the podcast where we recap all of your favorite true crime TV shows. And I do mean all. Month to month, we are bringing you a new series. And the great thing is, if you love a series, go and binge it. Yeah. And then report back because they're all so different. They are different. And we have covered some really good series. We have here and on our Patreon. Our Patreon's got some golden nuggets. Tell them about our Patreon, Joseph. Well, on our Patreon, if you join, you get our entire back catalog as well as crazy series that we have covered that we have very much enjoyed, like Pink Collar Crimes. Southern Fried Homicide. I almost got away with it. Your favorite. And you know what? If Joey they do could almost start, get away with it. They really do. <laughs> if Joey could cover one show for the rest of his life, it would be that. It is the gift that keeps on giving. We also have See No Evil, Evil Lives Here, Fear Thy Neighbor, Snapped, Anything you can think of, it is pretty much there. So go on over to patreon.com slash I think not and see what other kind of nuggets we have for you. We give you four, count them four bonus episodes. That is one episode a week and I am a math whiz. I did it on a whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on? Tell our lovely listeners and down bitches what is good. Actually, I have a question for you. Okay. At what point in our friendship did you decide I'm your husband? Yeah, that's a great question. When was that? I don't know. You literally three minutes ago said, oh, I should really paint the ceiling in my bathroom. Mm -hmm. Nothing for me. You could do it. You're a big, strong man. No, that's not what I said. I said, you're my big, strong man. (laughs) (laughs) I am not your husband. I don't touch your boobies. Most husbands don't. Give me another one. (laughs) We have a common law marriage, my love. Oh, God. That is that. Good. So then I'm entitled to half of your fortune? My fortune. Yes, all of my fortune. (laughs) Survey all I own. My debt and a lot of shoes. Just all the stuff that we've accrued from sponsors. Is that a CBD oil? It's mine. Are those edibles? That's mine. Is that a Lomi? That's mine. (laughs) Also, am I your case of emergency person? Yeah. Honestly, I should be everybody's in case of emergency person. I don't know. I don't know if I want them to call you and be like, there's an emergency because I think you might have a meltdown. (laughs) No, I'm very good in emergency situations. Hmm. I'm very calm. It's a symptom of my ADHD. I am so calm in emergency situations. I really am. I don't know what I do. Yeah, nor may. I think my brain does this. I think mine might do that. Yeah, but you're cute and you have blue (laughs) eyes. Should we get to the episode? (laughs) Yes. We're here with I Dated a Psycho, which is my dating life. (laughs) Which is your Bumble profile name. (laughs) Season one, episode five. You always hope that you find that person. I'm excited, the champagne and the roses. She's kind of like a helpless romantic. No other guy had made me feel as calm and safe and secure. That's extremely seductive. He was very sweet. 
You could tell he did love her. But sometimes, all that sweetness masks a bitter sting. I would just like stay in the bathroom and cry. That's all I ever did. I was living in a nightmare. Now we're talking about betrayal upon betrayal. I don't know, you gotta be a psycho to do something like that. Dated a nice guy. Dated a romantic. Heartthrob. Hottie. Doctor. Bad boy. Charming. Cheating. Freak. Jerk. Liar. I dated a psycho. Okay. Yep. You're going to be real mad at me right at the jump. Okay. Okay. I just want you to know that and I want you to promise not to get mad. I mean, I've been mad at you for years, so it's okay. fine. <laughs> so we start off in Paraguay. Mm-hmm. Our first story is in Paraguay, South America. Mm-hmm. Do you know the nichest reference that if I ever hear the word Paraguay, my brain immediately goes to? Not a uh, nary a clue. Okay. In Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the Gene Wilder one, the good one. Okay, listen, hear me out. The fifth golden ticket goes to a gambler in Paraguay. But remember, the fifth golden ticket was a fraud. Oh, right. Right? Okay, because then Charlie wins the other one because they're like, this guy, what a crock, who did this, right? Which ended the contest, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, but here's the full circle moment that I need you not to get mad at. Okay. Okay, all right. Okay. In the movie, the picture that they're showing around of the fraudster who had Uh the fake ticket, I'm not kidding when I say this, please don't get mad. The picture in the movie is actually Adolf Hitler's personal secretary, Martin Bormann. He was like the second most powerful man of the Nazi party. Okay, stop it with your face. Why do you know this? I don't know. I have so many problems, and that's one of them. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do we need to up your medication? (laughs) Anyway, we're in Paraguay. (laughs) I was like, what? Nestled in the heart of South America, Paraguay is a land of tightly knit families and strong religious faith. Growing up in a small town there, Sarita Hicks learns that next to God, the most important thing is family. Well, here's the thing. We are in Paraguay where I was like, you know what? I'm excited to get out of America for a moment. We have so much shit to deal with. Let's examine someone else's shit. Yeah. And we meet Sarita Hicks. She's a very religious woman, but she's also big on family. And Sarita's looking for love. She wants a man who shares her same family values, who's loving to his family. And she's like a teenager who thought she found her ideal guy. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I mean, weren't we all stupid when we were teenagers? Like, when you were a teenager, though, were you like, this is who I'm going to marry? I wasn't. I mean, I never thought I was going to marry a woman, but I do remember I saw the Mighty Ducks, too, and then there was, like, a kiss that happened, and there was a girl, Amy, that I thought I had a crush on, and I called her and asked her out, and she flat out said no. Okay. Because I'm sure she didn't want to date a homosexual. Okay. Welcome to I Think Not, where we just (laughs) unpack our trauma. But she married this man. They got married. They had a child. They moved to the U.S. and they were married for 10 years. So we are back in our shit again. Sorry, everybody. There we go. We are back here. one second and my Paraguay and how it relates to Hitler's story. (sighs) I know so much about World War II. It is important to know history so that it doesn't repeat itself. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because you would think that I would have learned several lessons by now. Turns out I've learned none. I know. I dated a psycho season one through five. (laughs) (laughs) I was very young, fall in love, married this guy, got a child, and moved to the U.S. We were married for 10 years, and then uh, things, we broke up, and then I ended up being single, single mother. Alone with a young daughter in an adopted country, Sarita is scared, but determined to build an independent new life. The marriage ends, and Sarita becomes a single mother. She's also away from her family. Her whole family's in Paraguay. That's a scary place to be as a single mom. But you know what? She leaned into her fear and created a new life for herself. She wasn't even getting child support. Yeah, I don't know why, and I am not blaming her, but I don't know why women use that as a badge of honor. Like, ask for the child support. Maybe he was a monster and she had to get away from him. But, like, if anyone's out there listening, like, you know, there's... Doing it yourself is great and amazing, but also he should pay child support. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. You're defending her. You're right. Well, by 2011, Sarita was living in D.C. and working at a bank, raising her now teenage daughter. Good for her. 
How do we end up in D.C. again? I We can't have, escape it. Honestly, I think it's like the South playing a trick on us. Yeah. The South and Florida have done something with the computers and the waves mm-hmm. and the World Wide Web. And they're like, ha ha. Yeah, Diggy doing and Lee Gating in the Yeah, and, and so they brought us to D.C. because it's getting a little ridiculous yeah. now. Can all of our D.C. people check in? Yes, Are y'all please. all right? <laughs> yes. In the fall of 2011, on a flight home from a business trip, Zoraida strikes up a conversation with the man in the next seat. I'm a people person. Basically can talk to anyone. So um, we started talking. Bruce Diamond is from Kensington, New Hampshire, and is also traveling for business. And in the fall of 2011, Sarita's on a business trip, and on her flight, she starts chatting with a guy. Sarita says she likes chatting with people, and she obviously did not grow up in a charismatic Christian church where when the folks were not trying to interpret tongues, the language of Jesus, they were asking personal questions about your family, and the whole time you were thinking, God, I just want to listen to Barbara Streisand and do butt stuff with a man, but I'm fine. Yeah. As soon as she said she started talking to someone on an airplane, I was like, well, that's Joey's personnel, hell. <laughs> Could you? I have a hack. Do you want my hack? What? For when people are talking to you on a plane. What? Cough. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Try it. Yeah. Yeah. They will zip their lips. Barbara from Schenectady, she won't say another <laughs> thing about her grandkids. I promise you that. Neither will Neil from Nantucket. No. They'll just shut yeah, right up. Just you know, <laughs> again, DBs, I love you. If you see me out in the wild, please come and talk to me. I will take a picture with you. I will hug you and we will chat. But some person, like a random person who's on the flight next to me and saying, hey, I see your, what's that book you're reading? It's one for me. Yeah. It's not called for nope. you. <laughs> yeah. It's it's written by me and it's called Nope. It's called No Thank You. Yeah. It's called my actual, you know, I, I have um, herpes of the breath. <laughs> it's very uh, contagious. <laughs> so sorry. I have a habit of uh, looking in men um, fingers and sometimes even if they say that they're single, there's some little mark in there. He didn't have the mark and he didn't have a ring. He told me that he had a son. He was a single father and he was divorced 10 years ago. The man she's sitting next to is a man by the name of Bruce Steinman from Kensington, New Hampshire. And they're making small talk. Bruce works in IT and he's really confident And they're having great conversation. She notices not only does he not have a ring, he doesn't have that ring tan. Mm -hmm. Trust and believe, we look for the ring tan. (laughs) We learn that that he also has a son. He has been divorced for 10 years. And he's a single dad. From New Hampshire. From New Hampshire. Yeah. Dr. Romani basically talks about single parents. And it is true. Single parents have a bond because, you know, I would never date anyone old enough to have a child. But if I did, it's very complicated. You know, it's basically like a single dad and a single mom being like, I am free in two Tuesdays from 315 to 545. How about you? That's when so-and-so is at lacrosse. It's hard dating when you have kids. Is Sarita being a single mother herself? She thinks, hey, he's a family guy. He thinks like I do. both share the same values. They share something that could bring them even closer. By the time the plane lands, Sarita wants to keep their conversation going. So the plane lands. He gives her his number. Two days later, she texted him. She was kind of like excited. Yeah. And it's going well. Yeah. They're chatting. Bruce asks her, what kind of flowers do you like? So she's like, I love blue roses, but good luck finding them. She comes home and guess what's waiting for her? A box filled with blue roses. Oh, I thought you were going to say like a severed head. <laughs> a that was seven. A that was the movie Seven. Is, is a, a baby deer, and that's where that's the end of our story. <laughs> Thank you so much. Did you get the Glass Menagerie reference? No, I I don't know the Glass Menagerie very oh. well. I'm sorry. Okay, all theater nerds will get the blue roses. So I'm just menagerie. not. I, I'm not a, the caliber of thespian, right. That you are. But look at us. We landed in the same place. <laughs> She was impressed. I was like, baby, buy, buy white roses and dip them in blue dye. Yeah. It's not that Literally, hard. Literally, you know what Shania Twain would say? What? Okay, so you found blue roses. That, that don't, don't impress me much. much. <laughs> I love that meme that's like, whenever you hear the bow, 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 now, 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 let's go, girls. <laughs> like, I can kick down a fucking door when I hear that song. <laughs> it is so funny because when you hear that in a bar, 
It's like, bow, bow, but everyone's like, oh, you should hear it at Flaming Saddles, the gay country western bar. The gays lose their minds. You all, if you are coming to New York and you are a gay or you like the gays, you got to go to Flaming Saddles. I mean, maybe we should come up with the butt stuff boogie and uh, teach that to all the homosexuals in that bar. Let's do it. (laughs) So over the next month, they're texting every day and every single day, Bruce would send Sarita little gifts. Bruce figured Sarita out what she was after, what she liked, and he supplied that because he knew these little gestures would endear him to her, and it, and it worked. However, mm-hmm. daughter Pamela, mm-hmm. she wasn't picking up what he was laying down. Yeah. She was like, is this a little bit too much? Then Dr. Romani says, It's amazing how far a chocolate-covered strawberry can get a guy with a woman who's sort of feeling a little bit downtrodden by the world. How dare you? Uh-oh. You know how much I love chocolate-covered strawberries. I have... Done more for less, doctor. Okay? So I heard that read, and I don't appreciate it because I love chocolate-covered strawberries, and that is the way to my nipples. (laughs) You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to find your way to Ellen's pepperoni nipples. I don't have pepperoni nipples. I have near-perfect nipples. You do have lovely nipples. I really do. Sadly, I have seen them more times times. than I can count. (laughs) All 3.25 3.25 men who listen to this. Show up to Obsess Fest with some chocolate-covered strawberries and see how fast you see a nipple. It's true. If you wink at them, they wink back. So, <laughs> she, so and that's the thing. Like, when you're first starting out, don't do too much. Mm-hmm. It's a red flag for me. I'm like Julia Roberts in Aaron Brockovich when she says to Aaron Eckhart, Don't be too nice to me, okay? What? <laughs> Makes me nervous. It makes me nervous, too. Aaron Eckhart makes me nervous. Oh, my God. Movie. So hot. I would do illegal things for him. Okay. Let's yeah. calm down now. I would. Yeah. I would. Let him buy you chocolate-covered strawberries. Yeah, I would flip a bitch in traffic for a little bit in that. What? Flip a bitch in... We've already talked about this. Flip oh, a bitch a U-turn. means a U-turn. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is anyone still listening? <laughs> After a month of long-distance flirting, Bruce says he's coming to town on business. He's like, I'm going to be there this weekend, and um, I'll take you out for dinner. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. This guy is is a really good guy, you know? So a month later, he's going to be in D.C. So this has all been, you know, texting, phone calls, sending gifts. But she's excited. Sarita feels very loved. She feels very wooed. I do feel like that is too much, but it is nice little gestures to be thought of, you know? It's intoxicating. Yeah. I, I mean, it is. It's it's a lovely thing. Sometimes Nick will surprise me and be like, I saw this shirt on ASOS and I bought it for you because I think it would look nice on you. And I'm like, I don't think anybody has ever done that for me. Yeah. It's a nice thing, but don't send me gifts every day. Yeah. Because I will block your number. Yeah. <laughs> but they go out on a date and it was lovely. He was asking questions. Ask a woman questions and watch how fast her panties drop. <laughs> We are so easy to please, honestly. Just like some nice chivalrous question asking. But the dinner, tell them how much the dinner total came to. Yeah, this was the clinker for Sarita. She said Bruce paid for their $1,800 meal. What on earth could you be eating for $1,800? This better be a full release massage. There better be a happy ending that comes with these $500 mozzarella sticks. And my mortgage payment. Did you pay? <laughs> mortgage on that bill? Did I ever tell you when I was in a hotel with Robbie Williams, he ordered one of everything on the menu and the total came to more than my monthly rent? Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were at the Mercer and he ordered literally one of everything for breakfast. And I remember my rent was $6.68 and the bill came to $7.81. He was like, I know you had to work and he dropped me off home. Like He wasn't pushy or anything. It's just a nice gentleman. I was thinking, so give give this guy a chance because he seemed really nice, really romantic, and it, it seems like he really cares. She was in very, like, la-la land, like, oh, my God, he's so amazing. Like, I just met this guy, and he's just great, and everything's going to be great, and we're just going to live happily ever after, you know? Sarita was very impressed by this, but also... Bruce didn't expect anything. I'm sure that she was on guard like, this is a lot and it's very nice and it is very sweet. Now, granted, he, you know, he says, I work in IT. I've got this big job. I do well for myself. He did not put that expectation. I have felt that expectation. And part of the reason that I don't let people buy me dinner or buy me things if I were on a date, because I'm like, you're not going to make me feel obligated to you. And I'm sure that that is a thing that women go through all the time. You know I've said that before. I never let men pay for my drinks ever on a date. Yeah. And she was like, oh, wow, he's a gentleman. Mm -hmm. He took me home, dropped me off and said good night. And 
I mean, after an $1,800 meal, I would imagine she was like, okay, maybe this is the real thing. Yeah, it was very respectful because he was like, I know you have work tomorrow. He seemed really nurturing and she was smitten by that. Yep. So Sarita is really starting to fall for this guy. He makes a couple more trips to see her, shows her a really good time. And on their third date, Bruce asks if she would like to come back to his hotel room with yeah, him. Yeah, but the narrator is all weird about it. The narrator says they're ready to make their long-distance relationship a closer connection. A closer connection. I mean, this is what people do. Yeah, they fuck. They opened a bottle of love potion number nine. They smashed. <laughs> you know what I mean? They played slam the ham. They played sweaty wrestling. <laughs> they did the mattress dance. They did they the fucked. horizontal hallelujah. Uh, Closer what did connection. You... Don't make it weird. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, what did you think they were going to do? Have a prayer meeting? Yeah. They were going to hope for God to give them the answer as to why we needed an avatar too? No. <laughs> okay. We still don't know. And we'll never know. We'll never know. God's like, I have better things to do, Joey. <laughs> he made it like really, really like, you know, sweet kind of thing. The champagne and the roses. I was impressed by his romantic thing I was, to be honest with you, yes. So Sarita felt really good about taking this next step in their relationship. But then Bruce does something that, for me, is a huge red flag. Something that neither of us would ever do, and this is not a judgment on Sarita. I wouldn't do it with my husband. Mm -hmm. Bruce offers to put her on his family plan, on his cell phone. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah, no, that's a no. And Sarita was like, that's too much. Why are you doing this? And he was like, it's fine. It's fine. And so those sweet, long, romantic phone calls, no, you hang up, no, you hang up first, no, you hang up first, those turned to daily texts, like hourly texts. Because she did eventually give in and say, okay, I'll go on your family plan. Not just hourly texts. Hourly phone calls. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm doing the same fucking thing I did an hour ago. Working, taking care of my kid, and looking at real estate I can't afford. Right. What do you think <laughs> well, I'm well, doing? Well, that's what everyone is doing. Basically, she did not feel great about taking that no. phone. And like, I mean, listen, I sit here on a pedestal of judgment and feel free to use me as a bad example. So I'm not totally useless on this podcast at all times. But she felt guilty setting boundaries. Yeah. Because he gave so many gifts. I get anxious and I get worried when that kind of thing happens. So that was already number one. She did something she felt like she didn't want to do. Yeah. And Every time you would hit her with like a barrage of texts and mass communication, she would kind of like take a day to just like decompress for a moment. And even her daughter was like, Mom, this is weird. He called 83 times yeah. in one day. He was also being super manipulative. He would say, call me back. I want to buy you this $5,000 bag. Call me back. I want to talk to you about taking you on vacation. They've only known each other a short time. And he's talking about buying her a car. And that's the thing. That is a control freak's mm -hmm. perfect scenario because what they do is, I'm going to buy you this, I'm going to buy you that. And the more things that I've given you, I get a sense of ownership. And the more you receive these gifts, I get even more obligation from you. And it's just an insidious game this man is playing. He knows what he's doing. He's playing a different game of chess than she is. Yeah. And again, with every little thing, she would feel weird, yep. but she couldn't set a boundary. But it's important to remember that the people who want to be in your life for the right reason will not react badly to you setting a boundary, yeah. even though it's hard. I mean, this is coming from me, who's not great at it. I feel awkward. Sometimes I feel ashamed or remorseful or guilty for setting boundaries, but that's on me. And so if he was in it for the right reasons, he would have totally respected this banana pants behavior. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I love when people I love set boundaries with me. Mm -hmm. I love it because I don't see it as a, I'm doing something wrong or they're mad at me, or they hate me. I see them as loving me enough to say, this is my line, and I don't want us to get into a weird place with each other. I don't want to feel resentful. I appreciate those things. I set very firm boundaries with all the people in my life. I have my own trauma, and that's to protect me. I do it with my family, and I always tell people, I'm doing this out of love. And it's important. And you should do that with everyone, your spouse, your kids, your friends, your family, all of them. Boundaries are okay. Meanwhile, when you don't text me back, I'm like, oh, cool. So we're never going to be friends again. <laughs> oh, please. And you, and you hate me. We always text each other back. Then Bruce offers her an expensive necklace and a big commitment. 
He's like, I want you to just be mine, my woman. And he's like, if you don't want it, fine. At that point, I, I, I was like, no, this guy, something, something is off about him. So Sarita gets to the place where she's like, all right, I need to pump the brakes. And she was very understandably nervous to have this conversation with him. But before she can do that, Bruce buys her a very expensive necklace. And he says, I want us to be exclusive. And Sarita was like, if I don't put a stop to this now, it's not going to stop. And I'm just going to get deeper in over my head. And so she says, I'm sorry, I can't give you this commitment. I need to walk away. It's too much. I wish you all the best. And Bruce lost his fucking mind. So Sarita goes to Paraguay back to see her family and get some space. And the minute she lands, her phone starts blowing up. But it's not Bruce. It's her friends texting, being like, what? You have an STD? What? What? Yeah. So take a journey back to eighth grade with us because we are now dealing with a petulant child. It's exactly what you think. She calls Bruce and says, hey, you work in IT. My friends are getting these texts. Somebody hacked my phone. And by the time she heads back to D.C., she's like, oh, right. It's him. He's the one doing it. And the crazy thing is, is that he said, oh, don't worry. I'm going to help you get to the bottom of this. I'm going to protect you. So once again, he is positioning himself to be the savior. I'm the good guy. See, I want the best for you. And then I'm sure she had a conversation with her friends and were like, Babe, what are you thinking? It is him. Who else would do this? Yeah. And he has access to her phone because she's on his family plan. Exactly. So she knows what's going on and she is pissed. Do you think he stops there? Tune in tomorrow for the next episode of Nope. (laughs) He created a sex worker website for Sarita, a fake website of intimate personal pictures of Sarita. He posted the address of the bank she worked at as her home address, the phone number of the bank she worked at as her phone number if you want to call for a good time, and listed the name of her boss as her sex trafficker. That is so fucked up. Yeah. She's a mother. Yeah. Front and center are racy lingerie photos taken during the honeymoon phase of their relationship. When I saw the website, I cried, I cried and cried and cried. My bank number is there, address is there, my boss name is a pimp. I got fired for something that I didn't even do. It's just really evil and hurtful and bad. So she lost her job, which I guess I understand, but also I don't. I mean... She obviously was bringing all of this negative attention to the bank, but it's not her fucking fault. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. How fucking scary. So Sarita calls Bruce and she's like, hey, you win. Yay, you won. I lost my job. And he's like, okay, well, there's more where that came from. Come back to me and I'll call it all off. She's like, oh, my God, Romeo, Romeo, get the fuck out of here, Romeo. Are you kidding me? Come back to me? This man is loopier than a cross-eyed cowboy. We know that we're dealing with a man who is not well. And Dr. Romani says this, which I found interesting. Bruce's goal is to get Sarita under his control by turning her into sort of this vulnerable victim with all of this sexualized content. He's got her exactly where he wants her. I just don't understand people who can look you in the eye and say, I love you. I love you so much. I would do so much for you. I would do anything for you. It's you and me who could turn around and hurt someone like that. Because, again, I can't stress this enough. She is a single mother of a teenager, not to mention she's an immigrant, not to mention that you have destroyed her life, her income. You are toying with a human being's life, their livelihood, but you love them? Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I mean, Sarita has the strength to still be like, no. And he's like, cool, because there's more where that came from. He still has a big gun. Listen to this. He has a sex tape of them having sex filmed without her consent. He uploads it to the World Wide Web. And the video goes viral. 
I mean, what can she do? What can she do? She can go to the police because that is a crime. 100% a crime. But do you know what these piece of shit police say to her? We don't believe you. We think you're actually a sex worker and you fucked the wrong guy. Those were their words. My heart broke for her. This is your job, policeman. You can't do a little bit of work. Look at her phone. Look at her texts. The evidence is all there. Again, I really think that they heard her speak. She had an accent. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she was an immigrant, they probably were like, oh, she moved here and she's a sex worker. Absolutely. That is so, so disappointing and not at all surprising. How many women have to come and say they are scared for their lives? But here's the thing. This is why whenever we talk about, like, training and stuff, because police officers are trained to, like, interrogate people that are suspects. Their automatic, like, go-to is that, like, you're a suspect. It's how they're wired. Right. And if, like, you don't have answers, like, if she, if they were to say, well, what about this and what about that? And where's his IP address? But remember, he's in IT, so he can hide shit like that. So she doesn't have any proof. So, like, oh, cool, you're lying because you yeah. don't have any evidence. So, like, the absence of evidence makes her not the victim anymore. And then they end up antagonizing the victim. Exactly. And that's definitely what happened the, in this that case. That is, like... Those men are like the equivalent of a fucking kidney stone. Just like painful and pointless. Yeah, one that you can't pee out. So now Bruce is taking it further. He posts Sarita's home address on the site with an open invitation to a sex party at her home. So people are showing up at her home every single night and putting not just Sarita in danger, but her teenage daughter, yeah. Pamela. This is really sick. I wanted to kill him. That was my thing. Like, I wanted, I knew where he lived. I wanted to drive there and kill this man when he did that. I think every mother will feel like that. That was so low of him doing that. And of course, in response to the harm that Bruce has put her child in, she says, I wanted to kill him. I wanted to go to his home in New Hampshire and kill him. I don't blame her. Do not fuck with people's children. Mm -mm. And she has to tell her daughter, Pamela, don't ever answer the door. And Sarita, in tears, says, Bruce destroyed, single-handedly, my child's innocence. Mm -hmm. That broke my heart. Yeah. I'm not a parent. I have people that I love that I want to protect. And the innocence of a child, you only get that for so long. And I can only imagine being like, I brought this man into our lives. I trusted this man. I took a risk. And not knowing I took a risk with a crazy person who has now ruined my life brought danger to my front doorstep, and now has robbed my kid of being a kid. It's fucked up. It makes me so angry. It's devastating. I screamed a lot today. Yeah, it really is. Bruce now sets his sights on Sarita's teenage daughter, Pamela. He hacks into the teenager's contacts on Sarita's phone and sends them the escort website link. At her high school, the rumors run wild. So then he's like, for my next number, I will hack into your daughter's cell phone and send all of her contacts your escort website, which to a teenager, can you imagine the gossip, the toxic gossip train? Give me a fucking ukulele. I mean, everybody is running with the rumor. This is appalling. Getting a child involved like that, it is below the belt. It is the Evilest. That's why anybody who's in jail for doing stuff to kids, like their days are numbered. Why are you going to mess with kids? They because have he knew he could. To do with and that. that's what's so dark and about it. it. He and knew it's he where, could. And it's where you can hurt someone the most. Yeah. Her best friend clues her in. When I saw the escort sites, I started crying. That totally like destroyed everything because you can't see your mom like that. Being teased at school, your mom's a whore, you know? What, what teenage girl wants to hear that? Every time um, I heard comments, I would just go to the bathroom and start crying. I, like, I'd cry myself to sleep like every night. I mean, she has no idea what's going on. All these people are calling her mom a porn star. She has no idea until her best friend shows her the text with the link. She goes to the website and she sees her mom like that. So she's being bullied at school and she's devastated. She's crying herself to sleep every night. If you mess with someone's kid... You are inviting a tsunami of rage to devour you. But this man is not thinking. This man is just going, going, going. But then he goes way too far. Even further if you can fucking believe it. I think 
fucking not. This is really upsetting. This is really, really upsetting. And I hope, obviously, this man ends up in jail. There are no spoilers there. I really, really hope that he was taken care of in jail. He adds Pamela to the sex worker website. He adds Sorita's daughter. They were mother-daughter sex workers. I, I, was I, I genuinely have nothing to say. I, I, have, I have no words. But here's the thing. Pamela, Sarida's daughter, is a minor. And so the police have to take Sarida's complaint seriously now. Oh, no. You take us yeah. seriously? The woman from Paraguay with the accent. But now there's a child involved. It had to get to that point. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Not that they're finally giving the protection. None of that had to happen. Yeah. None of that had to happen if you would have listened to her the first time and put the crazy man behind bars. Now my idea of putting every man behind bars without asking questions doesn't seem so crazy now, does it, Joseph? Never become a cop. Please don't. The <laughs> Do streets... you have a laptop, sir? <laughs> jail. Until I look through it. Give me the laptop and go sit in that jail until I look through it. A little detective work reveals that Bruce is not the well-paid IT consultant he claims to be. I found out that he did not work the place that he say he worked. He also was unemployed. Then they discover another big lie. When I found out that he was he was married, I was just like shocked. Not only are you trying to seduce me and destroy my life, but he lied to me. Detectives look into Bruce, and guess what? No surprise to anyone, Bruce is not the man that he said he was. Wait, what? I know. No. The sky is blue. Grass is green. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is an asshole. Yeah. The company he said he worked for, he didn't work for them. He didn't have any fucking job, which is why he had so much time to harass Sarita and update that website. But it gets worse. He's unemployed. Unemployed. What else? And he's married. He's fucking married. So you were trying to force her into a commitment that you were not even a place to receive. Yeah. And poor Sarita says, I was just, like, shocked. You were? I'm not. (laughs) That man drained his family's bank accounts, telling his wife that it was business travel to take Sarita on those lavish dinners, shower her with gifts, and Dr. Romani hits the nail on the head. And that's the great irony here. Anytime someone's that obsessive, it's always a curtain over a far greater conflict. Always dig a little deeper when someone's acting a little bit whack. Great point. Don't ever say whack. Yeah. Please. I'm begging she's, you. She's trying to be hip with the kids. She's trying to yeet. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's yeeting her yetter. Yeah. I, she's, well, she's dabbing while she says whack. She's de- whack. Yeah, whack. And it is off the hizzle, G. Yeah. If you would like to know where I'm going to be tonight, I shall be getting jiggy with it. <laughs> And you know what? I don't know that if you know this, I'm a doctor, Dr. Romani, but I'm also a rapper. Hit it. The hip, hip. Hip it to the hip it to the hip, hip hop and it don't stop. Rockin' to the bang, bang boogie, the up chuck, the boogie to the boogie to the boogie to be. Whack. <laughs> I also vogue Sorry, I misread that. I vogue. <laughs> Could you pass me the gin and juice? <laughs> Thank you. Yes. No, he will have a 40. (laughs) Thank you. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Do you have a blunt? (laughs) (laughs) You know what goes great with a blunt? Could we get two Cape Cods, please? Thank you. That is just a cranberry and vodka. the only victim. No. Bruce's poor family and wife are also victims But here. she still doesn't know. The right. wife still doesn't know. But Sarita wastes no time taking out a restraining order on Bruce, but he has covered his tracks very well. There's not enough physical evidence to arrest him for any crime. I call him. I ask him. I don't know what else you want from me. He's like, all I have to do is go, go back with him and he's like, I'll take care of you. I'm like, no. I was like, you're not going to do that to me. So Sarita finally calls him and says, I don't know what else you want from me. And he is still saying, if you get back with me, this all goes away. People, listen to me. Never negotiate with terrorists, ever. 
If you do, you will never escape their clutch. I promise you. And Sarita was not backing down. She said, leave me alone. I want nothing to do with you. And he said, I will continue. As long as you reject me, I will continue to make your life a living hell. I mean, And he did. I mean, truly how? Already putting her daughter on a sex website? You know how. Well, he's like, you know what I'm going to do? He rented an apartment in D.C. Mind you, he is unemployed. He has put his family in all kinds of financial strain. He rented an apartment without his wife knowing. and then In would her just, neighborhood. Yeah, in her neighborhood. And would stop by Sarita's house, just casually slash her tires all the time. Yep, leaving threatening notes saying, you're next. I cannot imagine. So you were having this long distance relationship with a man who was harassing you from another state. And now he's in your neighborhood. Slashing your tires. Tires are fucking expensive. Yeah, they are. And threatening your life. You live with your daughter. This man is unhinged. Yeah. So now Sarita has gone from angry to absolutely terrified. But also knowing that he's in D.C., not knowing where he could be lurking, that is a terrifying feeling. Not knowing, you know, you I always it say it's like times. that when you, someone's on the cell phone and you're like, I don't see you because anybody can be watching you at any moment. Daughter Pamela broke my heart because she says, I was so scared that I was going to lose my mom and then I would have no one. Her mother is her only family there. We don't know what happened to her dad. Her family's back in Paraguay. This is a man hell bent on destroying this woman. Just like he loves obsessively, he destroys obsessively. Sarita calls the police, who find one gift Bruce hasn't planned on giving, a fingerprint left on her slashed tire. And so now Sarita calls the police again, and guess what Bruce left behind on one of those slashed tires? A fingerprint. So they're able to arrest him for violating his restraining order. Shock and surprise to no one, he makes bond. And a month later, he's out and up to his old tricks. There is no protection against stalking. I have learned so much in these episodes, not only these, but like when we covered stalked, there's no protection. No. It is not taken seriously. Do we have any members of Congress? Do we have any state legislature, any city council members? We need to talk about this more. I'm sure Matt Gates is working on it. Yeah, I'm sure. Do you think he's a listener? Do you think he's on the Patreon? Matt, how are you? Matt, can you up your Patreon subscription to the 10? <laughs> Thank you. Detectives arrest him for violating the restraining order. I finally was like, I mean, it's a good relief. I mean, I can sleep now. I can actually live a normal life again. So Sarita's thinking, maybe he learned his lesson. He went to jail. Maybe he'll stay away. No, the day he got out, he slashed her tires again. This man went on to slash her tires 32 times. Do you know how much a tire costs? A lot. A middle range tire is like 300. That is crazy. Like a middle range, like not even a good tire. I mean, what do you do? Can you call your friends? I'm sorry, I'm calling for the 15th time. I have to borrow money to buy tires. AAA is like, okay, now you're taking the piss. Yeah, truly. This man fears nothing. He doesn't care about the police or getting into trouble. He just wants Sarita and that's it. So Sarita is like, this man is going to kill me. This man is going to kill me. This man has a knife. We know that because he's slashing my tires 32 fucking times and he keeps driving around my neighborhood, watching me, stalking me. Nobody deserves to live in fear like that. Mm -hmm. Not just fear for yourself, but for the safety of your child. Yeah. Disgusting. I really became really nervous for her because he knew where she lived and what could stop him from just coming in the building. Officers start round the clock surveillance to protect Sarita and her daughter. And on November 9th, 2012, it pays off. Bruce actually came to my house. He was trying to get in my door with a knife. So for his next number, he tries to get into her apartment with a knife. Yep. The reenactment actor used a butter knife. (laughs) I was like, I mean, it's still a knife, but like, could we take it a step up from I almost got away with it? I mean, I guess the props department never saw Crocodile Dundee. That's not a knife. That's a knife. Thank God the police were even in fear for Sarita's life and they had 24-hour surveillance on her. So they were able to catch him in the act. 
of breaking into her house and arrest him. And in his car, ding dong ding-a-ling, left his laptop. <laughs> what? Please welcome to the stage, ding dong ding-a-ling. Yeah. <laughs> it's a family name. Morris Bart helped me get my money out of my accident. I was in a hit-and-run car accident, and ding dong ding-a-ling, Morris Bart got me my settlement of $50,000. Yeah, he's a good guy. That's his cousin. <laughs> But this ding dong dingaling is horrible, but his cousin's actually a stand up guy. Ding dong dingaling? Ding dong dingaling. <laughs> well, he left his laptop in the car. <laughs> and you know what was on that laptop? Miss Pac Man. Yeah. And all of the fucking sex worker website evidence, they got him. All of it. The text, the stalking, it was all there. And Sarita says, I got that phone call that he had been arrested, his laptop had been seized. And it was the best moment of my life. And you know what? That makes me so angry and sad for her that the best moment of your life has to be after begging the police to do something that they finally arrest him when he was breaking into that apartment with a knife with the intention of murdering her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only time that they'll pay attention. It's we never want to prevent. Right? right. We just want it's the same thing with like healthcare. Bruce pleads guilty to multiple charges, including stalking and identity theft. He offers up an apology, but no explanation for his behavior. Well, he pleads guilty to stalking and identity theft, and he gets 90 years. No, he doesn't. Wait, oh, sorry, yes. He gets 60 years. No, he doesn't. Sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. You're right. He gets 42. Nope. Y- he gets seven years. Seven years. The amount of time we spent on Broadway in Kinky Boots. <laughs> seven years. Years. That's basically, that. that's medical school. Yeah. Okay, that's college and grad school. That's nothing. And here's the thing. They have him, but he doesn't answer any questions. Nope. And this is my platform when I run for Senate. I think every victim should get the option of having five minutes with the criminal responsible for their crime. And the criminal has to take a truth serum. What do you think this is, Harry Potter? No, I'm going to get it passed. You watch. Where are you getting this truth serum from? The same place that Marjorie Taylor Greene gets the lasers. (laughs) Same store. Same place. You watch. I want to know why he did everything. I just want to ask him, like, why? What made you ruin my mom's life? What if I never saw next to him on that plane? I think that... If they have not stopped in, I probably will be dead by now. Yes. Sarita says, truly, I believe that if they had not arrested him, I would be dead. And Sarita says, you know what? I am determined to lead a normal life with my daughter. She got a new job at another bank, and she's hopeful she'll find a good guy. I hope that for her. I do, too. But I will say this. This is not victim blamey. This is for you all. We all know what it feels like to do things out of guilt and, like, feel like you have to. But trust your gut. I say this all the time. Your brain can be tricked and your heart is a fucking dumbass. Yeah. But your gut doesn't know how to lie. Your gut will never lie to you. Your gut is a down bitch. Trust your intuition. And you don't need to justify or explain your feelings to anyone. Fuck no. But I get it. I just trust your own gut. It knows best. I have done it. I am not standing here in judgment. I am standing here as someone who has done that a million times, done something out of obligation or guilt or buddy so nice. Buddy bought me this. Ask for the receipt. Return it and slide the money under the door. Also, I never, ever, ever let anyone pay for my drinks. That's how I take control. Also, what I will say is if you feel uncomfortable You don't want to get on that elevator because you don't want to be alone with someone because you just feel weird. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. Animals don't do that. No other mammal puts themselves in a potential situation out of obligation or feeling, you know, worried about the other person. No, I'm not going to ask that. If you don't want to get on that elevator, don't get in. You don't want to walk in your door because there's a weird figure in there. Don't do it. You don't want to get out of your car because uh, some eerie feeling or there's a car park. It doesn't matter. Listen to your gut. We're not victim blaming. We all take calculated risks with love, with any kind of relationship we embark on. But if your gut is telling you something is off, do not ignore it. Yeah. Like the fainting goats. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> I wish y'all could see the And then they face. just, they, they're like, is he gone? Dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know why people think that we're too loud on this podcast. I don't know either. We love you, Sarita and we do. Pamela. Yeah. Say something funny, Joseph. Did you know uh-huh. that Dr. Romani uh-huh. is a huge salt and pepper fan as well? I didn't. Her go-to for karaoke is Shoop. I think I have a clip of it. Of her singing at karaoke? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> here I go. Here I go. Here I go. Okay, girls, what's my weakness? Man. All right, then. I'm chilling, chilling, minding my business. Yo, Salt, I looked around and I couldn't believe this. I swear, I stared. My niece is my witness. The brother had it going on with some kind of, um, wicked. 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 Had to kick it. I'm not shy, so I asked for the digits. Oh, no, that don't make me see what I want. Flip, slide, do it swiftly. Felt it in my hips, so I dipped back. Threw my bag of tricks and I flipped for the tips. And it made me want to click. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for our full album of Salt and Pepper, as sung by Dr. Romani. Oh, down bitches, thank you so much for joining us for I Think Not, as we covered I Dated a Psycho. I mean, they weren't lying. They were not lying at all. Please follow us on social media. You can find us on all of the platforms at I Think Not Pod. We're putting up TikToks and Reels for you all the time. Plus, our Facebook group is where we announce all of our silliness, our nonsense. And don't forget our live shows coming up in New York and Philly. We're going to be in Philly on October 3rd and New York on October 10th. Go to our website, www.ithinknotpod for tickets. You can also sign up for our Patreon there. And listen, we always do this after our live shows. We will stay and hug and kiss and chat and take a picture with anyone who wants to. Anyone who wants to. No kiss is too big. No hug is too small. What? I don't know. Just come. It's our chance to run our show before Obsessed Fest. So you guys will be getting a preview of our brand new Obsessed Fest show. We cannot wait to see you. We love you all. And I love you too, Yellen. I love you, Joey. Love you, dumb bitches. Love you. Bye. Bye. You make me want to shoot. Oh, New Hampshire. Ah, New Hampshire. Uh, Lois, I am from New Hampshire. Was that good? No. Okay. But I love you. What happens in that racket of a brain? Not mess. (laughs) You know, like hoarders buried alive. (laughs) Very well. That's my brain. (laughs) Okay. Never run for office. (laughs) I love her. She's a little extreme, but I love her. (laughs) Do fainting goats go cross-eyed? I think so, yeah. It's It's in the Bible. That's what it said in the Bible. They see something and they like see a creepy guy and they just go, eh! Hey, <laughs> <laughs>